Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Can you greet the person beside you? Tell them you look good today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready to hear the word of God today? Naku, parang hindi convinced. Are you ready to hear the word of God today? Amen. Amen. That's right. If it's the word of God, Lord, anything that you want to say to me, we're game. Amen. Amen. Like what Pastor Albert mentioned earlier, we're going to be starting off the month of September with the book of Philippians. We're going to cover that for this whole month. There are four chapters that is just so full of joy. Can you say that? Joy. Joy. Do you have joy with you, in you? Pakitaas nga po yung pangalan ng mga pangalang Joy. No? Shout out kay Joy if you're watching. Shout out to you. No, it's so wonderful. You know, like what Pastor Albert also said earlier, diba? it's the first Sunday of September. Grabe. So fast. So fast. The moment that September 1 hit, the neighbor that we have, uh, their small sari-sari store, they already had Christmas lights on the evening of September 1. Some of the neighbors also in my mom's house, paglabas namin kagabi, they already have Christmas lights. And my daughter said, Mom, I wish Lola would already put Christmas lights. In my mind, anak, mahalang kuryente. <laughs> Electricity is really high. You know, the Christmas spirit is in us. That, that's enough, no? And it's so wonderful to be able to rejoice and be happy about something that we look forward to. Christmas is one of our favorite times of the year. How many of you are like that? Like me, no? Like, yes! We're so happy looking forward to that. But it takes a special kind of grace to be able to have joy and happiness for the now when things aren't going so great. Amen po ba? It's so easy to be joyful, to be happy, to encourage others when everything is going your way, when you've received your breakthrough, when the answer to your prayer has come, when you went through a battle and you were able to see how victorious you are because of Jesus Christ and you can go, yes, I will share the testimony, I will encourage others. But it's so hard to be full of joy when you are going through your valley moments, your desert moments, right? And yet that is exactly what the book of Philippians is all about. So we're going to be taking this journey this whole month to go through this book that is full of joy. If you have your Bibles with you, open it to the book of Philippians. If you have your gadgets, you can open it there. Just make sure that you're opening your Bible because the Lord sees you. The Lord sees who does not read His Word. No? <laughs> oh my stars. But it's so good to be able to read for yourself the Word of God, right? So we're going to start off with Philippians chapter 1. It says there, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this. Can you say confident? confident. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit 
righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Hallelujah. Like what I mentioned earlier, the Apostle Paul was in prison when he was writing this amazing letter. And if you didn't know that, I am very sure that none of us would recognize na may pinagdadaanan pala si Paul, that he was going through something difficult. And yet here he was, cheering on others when he himself was in a very difficult situation. You know, prison is not a fun place to be in. Have, how many of you have been in prison? Yes. Right? Visit, hopefully visiting. That's right, Pastor Albert. No? But if you've been there, then, you know, we're glad that you're here. No? So, uh, prison is not the best place where you can easily say, I am rejoicing, I am good, and to all of you out there that are not in prison, I'm cheering for you. No, it's not. It's one of the hardest, the most darkest place to be. And yet, that was exactly where the Apostle Paul was when he was writing this letter of joy. No? We had the opportunity to visit the prison in Pasay about last year, uh, Samalibay. Uh, now we call it Tamabay. No? Shout out to our Malibay, Tamabay team, who is continuing our prison ministry there. So we visited the prison ministry there, and we shared a little bit. So when I went there for the first time, we shared a little bit. I asked the people there, what is your prayer request Paul, before we leave? And one of them shouted, Pastora, Justicia, Justice. Sabi ko, Justice, bakit po? Wala po kaming kasalanan. We are innocent. And I said, really? All of you? Yes po. <laughs> and I'm like, I almost laughed. I can't remember if I laughed out loud. Like, I was just so shocked because I, the reason why we were there because we knew that some of the people there were, we were actually visiting someone we knew who was guilty. But they were there. Nevertheless, we prayed and, you know, the word of God, it will not return to him void. However, they were in that situation. They were there for a reason. The Apostle Paul was put in prison not for a heinous crime, not for a, a very bad thing that he did. But he was imprisoned because he was preaching the gospel. As simple as that. So if there was somebody who would be clamoring for justice, it could be him. If there was somebody who may have the reason to be bitter, to be mad, to be angry at the system, at what's going on, at his circumstances, and maybe even at God, maybe it would be him. And yet he was here rejoicing and telling everybody, especially the Philippian church, to rejoice. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is why our title for today's preaching is Rejoice. Can you say that? Rejoice. Yes. And I know, I'm sorry to the grammar and spelling Nazis out there. I know right now that you are very mad at this already. But I love this because when you think about it, the book of uh, you know, the, the, the letter to the Philippians is about joy. And when you put a prefix of re beside the word, what does it mean? You repeat it over and over and over again. So whenever you go through this book, every year if you're following our Bible reading plan, this might actually save your life. Because you're just recounting the many ways, the many reasons why we can rejoice in the Lord 
whatever our circumstance may be. It is a book of joy. In fact, in the four short chapters that we're going to be going through, the word joy or rejoice was mentioned 16 times. That's how many times he said rejoice and joy while he was in prison. No matter how dark the place you are in, no matter how deep that well is, no matter how bad, how long, how dry that desert is, no matter how hot the furnace is in, you, you are in right now, God can always reach you just as he reached the Apostle Paul. No? So we can rejoice. Sometimes in our Christian walk, or sometimes just generally in our lives, we want to wait until we get our breakthrough. We want to wait until our life is all pretty before we come back to God and serve Him. Now, have you ever gone through that sometimes? And Lord, uh, I'll come back to you once I get through this. I just need to fix this first. I just need the answer to this first. And when I'm good, I'm going to go and serve you. I'm, I'm going to make it right with you. But the wonderful thing about the grace of God that we see in the life of the Apostle Paul here is that while he was in prison, in his valley moment, not only was he rejoicing, not only is it like a change on the inside, he was very fruitful. Can you say fruitful? Yes, no matter what our situation may be, God can cause us to bear fruit because ultimately it is God who makes things grow. So while he was there in prison, he wrote four letters that up to now, we are reading and we are being changed by the Word of God through the Apostle Paul. He wrote the books Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the letters to those churches, and a personal letter to Philemon. Oh, wonderful. These are some of my favorite books. No, They're, they're short books. They're, they're short letters. They're concise. And probably because while the Apostle Paul was in prison, this is my theory, the reason why they're so concise, every verse is parang so jam-packed, is because he wasn't sure if there was tomorrow. So he wanted to make sure that every word counted. I mean, every word naman sa book ni God is like that. But especially these, the brevity and the depth of the meaning of what he wrote while he was in prison. Can you say that? While he was in prison. While he was in prison, God's grace, the Holy Spirit was working wonderfully in his life so that all of these things were happening. The question that we want to ask is, what does a person who has a continuous divine encounter with the Lord look like? What do they look like? We believe that this is a year of divine encounters. If a person is divinely encountering the Lord consistently, what do they look like? Can you look at the person beside you? Max. Maybe that's what they look like. Huh? Yeah. Maybe they look joyful in spite of the circumstances. Maybe they have a smile on it. We can't see, no, because of the masks. Right? Yeah, that's true. Your eyes smile. You can see it in a person's face. And sometimes even if you don't see it in their faces, no, there's a certain something about a person who continually encounters the Lord. And that is what we see in this book. So, this is really wonderful because uh, the Apostle Paul's life was full of joy in spite of. Can you say that? In spite of, right? In spite of. And so, this particular uh, letter to the Church of Philippians, you will find it is very affectionate. It is very personal. 
It is one of the very few letters that Apostle Paul wrote that he didn't have to say, I am the Apostle Paul. In fact, when we read the first few verses, no, he just addressed himself as Paul with Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. It's only in the book of Thessalonians that he also said that. But all of the other books, he had to mention the Apostle, uh, you know, appointed by Christ, Paul the Apostle, as if he has to emphasize, you know, there, there's a certain reason for that. But this one, this book is just full of love and affection. And when he's writing to the Philippian church, I can just imagine the Apostle Paul remembering how all of this started and why this was something that was very close to his heart. Because in the very first place, the Philippian church was not part of his plan. This was an unplanned church plant. No. Isn't that fascinating? It was an unplanned church plant. It says in Acts chapter 16 that Paul had a different plan. His trip that he wanted to do was on a different route. So can we, can we show that please on the screen? In Acts chapter 16, this is where we see the start of the Philippian church. It says that Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So, this was, you see those lines over there? That was the route that the Apostle Paul was trying to take. He wanted to go to Asia. Good plan, Yes. He was going to go preach the gospel there. Yes. He was there on a mission. Yes. And yet, uh, it says here, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go there. The Holy Spirit kept them from going there. This was not part of the plan. Next book. So when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. That's this green part over here. So they couldn't go here. They couldn't go here, so the Spirit just, you know, they just continued on. How many of you here love it when plans suddenly change last minute? No? <laughs> yes, very few, Kuya Jay. Very few are like you. Siguro 0.001% of the population. When there is a plan, you want to follow the plan, correct? And yet, Lord, this was not the plan. Next Verse 4, please. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him. So he couldn't enter the original plans where he wanted to go, the original places he wanted to go. But he has this vision. He has this divine encounter through a vision with a man telling him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Next book. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Somebody say, obedience is key. Can you say that with me? Obedience is key. So they travel all the way from here, going to there. So this was an unplanned church for the Apostle Paul, but it has always been in the plan of God. And that is the first joy that we see the Apostle Paul had. That is the joy of being in Christ. When your life is in Christ, you can trust him when he says go, and you can trust him when he says no. So in both places, you can trust him, you can be confident, obedience 
is key. So the joy that we have in being confident that what God is going to do in our lives will be much more beneficial. Because when the Apostle Paul went to Macedonia, there was a woman there, there was a slave woman who was following them with a gift of divination that was, that was coming from an evil spirit. And she was set free. And then the Apostle Paul went to prison in Macedonia. As you can see, the Apostle Paul was not an amateur in prison, no? He's been imprisoned several times. But that was also the place where while they were in prison, Paul and Silas, there in the Philippian jail, you know, there was suddenly an earthquake as they were praising and worshiping God while they were in prison. And then there was an earthquake, the doors flew open, and the guard got saved along with his family. That was 10 years prior to Paul's imprisonment. If Paul had not been obedient going to Macedonia, he would have not had any idea the impact he will have on that part of the world. And that woman, that slave girl, what would have happened, Deva? God so loved that slave girl that he sent Paul to go there just so that she can have a divine encounter with Jesus. God so loved that centurion and his family, that jail guard that God saved on that trip, that he sent Paul, you know, detoured Paul so that they would encounter him. And then 10 years later, we could just imagine the effect of those two families so that when the Apostle Paul was writing to the book, to, to, to the Philippian church, that church was already flourishing. Hallelujah. So, what is the secret of joy? It's being in Christ. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 11, Jesus said, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. This is a scripture about Jesus uh, talking about the vine and the branches. And the word remain is found 11 times in 11 verses. No, being in Christ is the most foundational and the secret to true joy. So when we think about remaining in Christ, being in Christ, what happens is you become full. Take a poha. Help, please. While EJ is trying to open that. Being in Christ and remaining in Him is a secret to being joyful. And in John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus concludes that I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So the secret to joy is remaining in Christ. And if this is your life and you are in Christ, in Christ, you will always be full of who He is. So that whatever happens, whatever you may be going through, in the difficult moments of your life, when life begins to hit you, what comes out? Something of Christ. Because you are filled with Him. You are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You are filled with joy. What happens when somebody pokes you? When somebody hurts you? When somebody punches a hole through this? What happens? What comes out? It's a spirit of Christ. It's something good. What happens when you get crushed and you get beaten? What comes out? It's a spirit of Christ. So whatever you're going through, whatever hardship you're going through, what comes out is Christ. You can always tell when you haven't had a good amount of time with Jesus. 
because something else comes out. No? Have you ever experienced that? You haven't had enough time with the Lord. And ako, I will be the first one to go to the altar call for something like that. Something else comes out. But our prayer, like what Apostle Paul said, is that we would abound in love and depth of insight. That we would abound in joy, whatever our circumstances. No? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Abide in Christ. Be in Christ. And let me show you the simple formula of having joy in your life that can be found in the first two verses that we've read earlier. The Apostle Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, and he was writing to the Philippian church. The recipe to joy is your relationships. First and foremost, being in Christ, the most important one. Secondly, the people that you are with. And thirdly, the people that you are ministering to. Sometimes we stop here. Don't stop here. Don't be satisfied with this and this. Because the secret to true joy is to see someone that you are leading to Jesus. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 28, no? make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you till the end of the age. That is the secret to true joy. Joy comes when you put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. No? Very simple. Next slide, po, please. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Secondly, how can we have joy? It's the joy of serving in Christ's mission. Can you say mission? He says there, I thank my God every time I remember you. And in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this. I love that. Can you say confident? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. For somebody in prison, being the number one cheerleader of the people in Philippi, this is a big deal. Amen? It's hard to minister when you feel like you have nothing else to give. And yet the Apostle Paul was overflowing with joy. Simon Sinek, I, I love his short videos. He's, he's an author and inspirational speaker, and, and he, his expertise is on themes. On being asked the question, what makes the most successful and high-performing teams in the world? And he gave the example of the, the Navy SEALs in the U.S. And this is what he said, that those who make it to the Navy SEALs training are not really the ones that, you know, that you think have made it, no? They're not the ones that you would actually expect. He said that those who make it are those who, when they are physically and mentally exhausted, somehow they are able to dig deep and are able to help the person next to them. Service. Can you say that? Service is what makes the highest performance teams in the world. Not their strength, not their intelligence. It's their willingness to be there for each other. Even when it seems like they have nothing else to give. And by the grace of God, all the more that we as children of God will be able to do that. Because our master has come 
to serve and not to be served, right? So we take after his model. So being there for others, being missioning with others. And that's what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. The first thing that we see there, how do you be joyful? Number one, be grateful. Be grateful. We've done this in our prayer group. I do this in my counselings. Whenever you go through a rough patch, what do you do? One of the practical things you can do is make a gratitude list. One to five or one to ten every day. And surely enough, kahit seven days pa lang, it makes an impact on their lives. Be grateful. Secondly, be prayerful. Thirdly, be obedient. Fourth, be courageously confident. And fifth, be there for others through the Great Commission. We do it together. Can you say together? Hashtag together. It's called the Great Commission. No? The most joyful people are people with clear intent and purpose. They are people on a mission. Can you say mission? No? Kaya the Apostle Paul, when he was there, he said, As a result of my being in prison, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. You know what he was saying? Praise God that I am in prison. Can you imagine that? That's almost what he was saying. Praise the Lord that this particular circumstance is fulfilling the mission for what God has called me. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. My brother was telling me the story of when they went to a province in Quezon. It was really funny because they took a boat ride about 15 minutes away from the main shore to a small island, smaller than our sanctuary. It's about 500 square meters in total. And it's so small that you, can only, you only need to spend a few minutes there. Then you can come home because you've seen everything. Now, the boat ride going home was difficult because they were waiting for one more passenger who was also a guest in the island. They waited for him because he was not yet done doing his presentation in this remote island, huh? in the middle of nowhere. And he was doing his networking. I'm not going to say which brand it was. But in the middle of nowhere, there was this guy who was there on a mission selling whitening products to islanders in the middle of nowhere and made everybody wait in the boat. You know, it sounds funny, but I actually admire that guy's tenacity. He was a guy on a mission. How much more us when we are carrying a much precious message that could change people's lives. So I actually want to, to praise the Lord and commend our missions uh, people, our missions committee, and all of you who give to our missions, and all of you who give to our church. Praise the Lord for your lives. Kami as your pastors, we, we live this out. We thank our God every time we remember all of you. Our church may not be very big, but our church sure does make a great impact, not just here, but in the different places of the country. And we give glory to the Lord for that. No, praise the Lord for that. Yeah, give the Lord glory for that. So praise the Lord. So the Apostle Paul being the man on a mission, the prison became a pulpit where the gospel was preached. 
He didn't have to wait until he got out of prison. But here, where he was at became the pulpit through which he was still accomplishing the purposes of God for his life. And lastly, how do we have joy? We have the joy of living for Christ. So first, we have the joy of being in Christ, the most foundational of all. Secondly, the joy of serving in Christ's mission, the great co-mission. And lastly, the joy of living for Christ. It says there in verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage. Can you say courage? So that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And one of the most famous scriptures in this chapter, and even in the book of the Bible, he says, for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Wow. Wow. We can dwell on that. You can stay on that for the whole week and ask the Holy Spirit how to work that out in our lives. And sometimes, to be honest, it's a lot harder to really pray about, Lord, how do I really live for you? Sometimes it's a lot easier to say, now, yes, Pastora, when the time comes, when there is a bomb, when there is a hostage situation, and God calls me to sacrifice myself to die for Christ, God's grace will be there. Yes, God's grace will be there when He calls us no? To whatever calling that may be. But sometimes it is a lot harder to really live for the Lord day by day. It takes grace. It takes courage. It takes joy. It takes all of what the Holy Spirit will give us so that we can be like that. And the secret is to remain in Christ so that whatever happens, whatever comes out is of the Lord. Amen? And as we end for today, I, I want to call the worship team how do we have joy? We go back to the source of our joy. No? First of all, it's about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who? For the joy, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Hallelujah. If you are here and sometimes you feel like you're worrying and you're losing heart, then the Lord wants to fill you once again. God is gracious that way. God wants for us to live a life and have it to the full, full of his presence full of His glorious grace and peace and love and joy, whatever our circumstance may be. That man with this story, one of my favorite true, true stories in our church, that has really touched my heart and changed me. by a friend. She got saved here because she was brought by an office mate. And 
she got wonderfully saved. And she started coming here. She started being discipled, right? And this is uh, this is really touching to us as mag-asawa, as, as Louie and I, because when she started attending here, her father got so mad. So he called the church office, and it was Pastor Louie who, who attended the call. And he was so mad. He was, he was asking him, why is my daughter always going there? And uh, she shouldn't go there. You have to stop her from going there. But the daughter kept coming. No? And there's nothing he could do. He was already, she was already an adult. So she, she continued coming to church in spite of the anger of, the, of her family. And if you're listening to, to this today, whether you're online or here, it's really not about any religion. We're not promoting any religion. We're promoting who Jesus is and the good news of what He has done for us. So Jean Rose has that. She's discipled here. Unfortunately, she had cancer. And miraculously, she got healed. Right? And remember, she, she was here and she gave a testimony. Remember that? And then a few years later, it came back. And that second one, boy, that was tough. That was tough. Because we had so many questions. She had so many questions. And yet, throughout that ordeal, that was also the time that we got to know her family. And that was also the time when she was going through her chemo and radiation. She would go to PGH and the line there was so long. And she would message us every once in a while and, and, and tell me, Pastora, I just shared Jesus to the person who was waiting with me in the chemo or radiation. She, she sent that kind of message several times. And this is what she said. I now know that God has a purpose. God has a purpose in spite of all of our questions. Some of them until now remain unanswered. But she got it. God has a purpose. And one of the deep prayers that she's always had ever since she came here was for her family to encounter Jesus. And in that second round of her chemo sessions and radiation, we were able to like pray with her family. They came here several times. And on the last weeks of her life, they went home to the province. A pastor was visiting them when she wasn't able to go to, to church already. And when she went home to be with the Lord, her dad called me. We were at the retreat, I remember that. Her dad called me. And he was so grateful. He was so grateful to the church. He was so grateful to the people who loved her daughter, who loved them. He was so grateful to the Lord. And that's what real joy is all about. It's about the now, in spite of our circumstances. When the presence of the Lord is with you, oh, you're going to see God's divine purpose unfolding. Not just now, but for the future. Because this family knows that there's a grand reunion waiting at the end of time. And that is our mission today. So can I ask you to stand right now? And I just want us to sing this song, uh, a song that we sang earlier. And I'm going to make an altar call. Thank you, Adam Arms. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And as we sing this song, 
I, I, I just felt like as we were like worshiping, we're going to do an altar call differently from the 8 a.m. today. If you are here and you know that God is calling your life for a particular purpose and you know that during the past few months or weeks, medyo, oh, I lost that joy. I lost that sense of purpose. You know, it takes the grace and the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit to do that. Not your pastor. Not anyone else. It's the Holy Spirit. So will you respond in faith? If you know that God has a call in your life, maybe it's not for full-time ministry, but maybe it is. But it doesn't matter whether full-time or part-time or... We are always in ministry. But if in your heart you know that God, you are calling me to joyfully you know, co-mission with you so that others will hear the gospel and forgive me for losing that peace and that joy. I want to be filled by you again as we sing this song. Will you come? Will you come? And as a step of obedience, let's just do this for the Lord. Yeah? Come, 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 come. Thank you, Jesus. Come, come, come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just come. If you're coming from the back, it's okay. We're going to wait for you. of creation there at the start before the beginning of time with no point of reference he spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light As you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born, in the vapor of your breath the planets form. If the stars are made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made. Every burning star, signal fire of grace. If creation sings the praises, so will I. So will I. God of your promise, you don't speak in vain, no syllable empty or void. Mm-hmm. For once you have spoken, all nature and science follow the sound of your voice. Oh. And as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath, evolving in pursuit of what you said. If it all reveals to nature, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you say. 
Every painted sky, a canvas of your grace. If creation still obeys you, so will I. Oh, so will I. Oh, so will I. This. If the stars are made to worship, so will I. Let's declare this church. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. The wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sum of all our praise is still for shy, that we sing again a hundred billion times. Oh, 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 Salvation, you chased out my heart through all of my failure and pride. On the hill you created, the light of the world, abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life, so I can find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of art called love. Oh, if you gladly chose surrender, so will I. I can see your heart in a billion different ways. Every precious one, a child you died to save. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. Like you would again a hundred billion times. But what measure could amount to your desire? The one that never leaves, the 
just close their eyes right now. If you are here and you just felt that, that last verse natin, sometimes you feel like you're a failure. Sometimes you feel like you're in a really deep place that nobody else can get to you. Can you just lift your hand right now? Just lift your hand. I'm not going to call you to the front. Just lift your hand. Just stay where you are. And I want our workers, can, can you go to, this, to those lifted hands and just lay a hand on them and just pray for them. The Lord sees you and He loves you and He will fill you. There is no pit that is deep enough that He cannot reach. And it's not an accident that you are here. He loves you that much. The Apostle Paul was sent so many hundred miles to a different place just to reach that one woman, that one centurion to change their life. God sent His Son from heaven to earth. That's how much He loves you. So keep those hands raised until you feel a hand on your shoulder also. They're just going to pray for you. Don't worry. We're not going to keep you long. And I'm just going to close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the move of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. Because once it's released, it will not return to you void. And we thank you for the joy that you fill us with because of your Holy Spirit, because of your great love for us. And Lord, we pray that you will make us into a persevering church, into a loving church, into a faithful church who loves you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That everything about us will just be all about Jesus. Nothing more and definitely nothing less. And in all of these things, we want to give you back all of the glory, all of the honor, praise, and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. For those that are still praying, you may remain. But for everybody else and for those online, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord have His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make His face to, to shine upon you and give you His peace. God bless you and see you next week.